Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time and then some. A busy show today as Army of the Dead gets released on Netflix along with movie theaters a week ago. And coming up this week, there's going to be a Friends reunion. So Chuck and I thought we'd look back and take a look at Friends on the big screen and not very impressive, to be honest with you. So we'll take a look and see if any there anything there there and we lost one of the great comedic actors deadpan actors of all time and that's charles groden who passed away this week we're going to look back at his career as well and talk some movie news and others fun stuff uh chuck did you did you have a busy week the weather's warming up uh, i'm sure the smoothie shop and the ice cream parlor is doing well yeah picking up really nice i'm uh i'm on a nice ride here between uh, ice cream and smoothies and the nice weather 90 degrees here in Strasburg or East Strasburg, where I am now, uh, Pennsylvania. Pretty cool. Uh, very cool. And uh, we'll get this. Oh, I, I just want to point out last night. Tell, ask me what I did. What'd you do last night? We did it in association with Dansbury Park, which you know that is right in East Strasburg. Yep. On the lawn, uh, off theater, the Pocono Cinema. We did an outdoor screening of Dirty Dancing. Awesome. And uh, it looked awesome. We used a laser projector with a Blu-ray. It looked awesome. The sound was awesome. Not a big crowd because we didn't have enough time to advertise it. About 50 people. That's but uh, we're going to do Jurassic Park on June 25th. Same lawn, Dansbury, and hopefully we'll get a couple hundred. We'll sell theater popcorn and uh, have a good time. I can so, tell you, on the lawn, not in a car, not in a car. You park your car in the parking lot and you yeah. sit on the lawn on a blanket. I yeah. thought it was actually pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, just so in my mind, Dansbury yeah. Park, point me in the direction. I know where the pool is. Where's the screen? Okay, good question. Here's what we did. Uh, in association with the park, we bought a screen for, uh, you, you know, with like an outdoor banner, what they look like. That yeah, like yeah. Way. Okay, we bought one for 300 bucks, and we, we basically, we tied it to the fence. On the pool. The next, on the pool. Yeah. Right, and the next screening for Jurassic Park, we're going to expand it by using a, a, a backdrop um, wood board, and we're going to expand it three feet on each side. Sweet. And it was actually really good. It was really good. Did you uh you that was free of charge, I'm assuming. It right? was. We asked for five dollar donations, so we raised a couple hundred bucks. Awesome. You know, awesome. theater theater needs, you know, to gotta keep the lights on, Mike. Gotta keep the lights As on. As we speak, the lights are flickering. So talk about um a box office this past week or so with I know um uh the the uh the saw movie ended up making Yeah, I mean a- I mean on last week's I just want to clarify in case somebody's gonna try to throw, you know, uh uh uh, you know, pie in our face here. I said it did, it did 14 million uh, book of saw, a uh, spiral book of saw last weekend, but actually that was a projection. It actually wound up doing about 8.8 million, not what they wanted. It's okay, but it's not that good. There's still a lot of issues here in the U S with people going into the movies. I give you an example overseas. Mike fast and the furious nine is open already overseas. Uh, it's done 160 million so far. Wow. Just opened in China. It had it had a uh, it had a 59 million dollar opening weekend in China. Here's the difference. Well, clearly, here's the difference. Let me just say in China, right? Clearly, people are not paranoid to go to the movies in the United States. 
despite we're getting vaccinated every week, every day, every minute, uh, we're like, I think it's like 60% vaccinated here in the United States, at least one shot. People are still paranoid to go well, into movie theaters, not restaurants. So, cause I see them lining up. I think the real test is Memorial day weekend in, in yes, the defense, in the defense of the American audience. We're yeah. talking about defending a, them. A, we're, we're talking about a movie franchise. That's pretty much ran its course. And Chris yeah. rock has never opened a movie in any a pandemic, non-pandemic at all. So really? it, it, it's not like the planets aligned for this movie to make a no, lot of money. I, anyway. I get, it, I get it. But so, I mean, overall, you know, here's one. The one caveat positive is Congress Godzilla has done about ninety-six million domestically here as the biggest, you know, forte into people going into movies in terms of box office ticket sales post-pandemic. But I do agree, the release of A Quiet Place Two, which is really the big one, and Disney's Cruella, Cruella which I yeah. think is sort of a uh, a weird concoction is PG-13. I don't know really who the movie's being marketed to. I, I think either. they might have some issues with that film. But having said that, those two movies combined, Memorial Day weekend, which is usually huge. Yep. Um, it's going to be, I mean, I think the theater owners and the industry alike is going to be holding their collective breath to see where this goes, Mike. And it's not, they're not balking. They're not pushing. They're, they're going to open a week, a week from now. So, uh, it should be a lot of fun in the movie theaters. I'll, I'll be going to see a quiet place in theaters. Um, I will too. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, speaking of movies that are in theaters right now, and also yeah. on Netflix, we both got a chance to watch uh, army of the dead. Zack Snyder's newest zombie. I only film. watched part of it, but go ahead. Well, I watched the whole thing. Um, Tell me. Cause in pre- preparation, I do a movie podcast. I'd like to see the whole thing before I talk. No, about I it. understand, but I'm yeah. running a smooth shop. I, I get that. No, yeah, I get it. We all have full-time jobs, but anyway, um, yeah, Army of the Dead. I got to tell you, I mean, for it's not breaking any new ground. Well, as far let's as say who, who directed it? Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Now his first it. film was Dawn of the Dead, the remake mm-hmm. of George Romero's epic classic. So uh, Snyder did that in 2004. I'm a big fan. I, I I I love me some Snyder Dawn of the Dead. I thought he did a great job as remakes reboots go. He 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 assembled an awesome cast back in the day: Ving Rhames, Sarah Polly, Jake Weber. Well, you want to talk uh, about that, that movie. movie or this movie? No, I just I'm just prefacing. You know, I'm just I'm I'm the audience is I'm just prefacing the I'm building up your 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 review here. Tell us what's the I, story. I, I I think that considering that it's not breaking any new ground, the fact that it's basically a zombie movie this time it takes place in Las Vegas. I think he still has a lot of fun with it. There's a couple of problems with the film. There's too many characters in it. And not enough cast that had the Dawn of the Dead. If you cast like you did in that for is it, is it how developed characters you care about? A couple. There's too many. Um, you okay. do. I do like the father's daughter relationship. David Bautista, again, for me, pound for pound. He's very enjoyable to watch on the big screen. He carries this film. It's all him. It's basically Ocean's Eleven meets Dawn of the Dead. They hire a ragtag team to go into Las Vegas and and uh, try to get back uh, a move, m- money that's in a vault because Las Vegas has been overrun by zombies. Everybody, it's been contained. Um, they're going to nuke Las Vegas and this. Oh, so the zombie in. problem is a Vegas problem. It's a Vegas problem. So if, a, like I was in, if I was in Strasbourg in this universe, I'd be OK. You'd be fine, as oh, a matter good. of fact. Thank so this you. is a standalone Dawn of the Dead, not a sequel or anything like that. What I did enjoy, you know, much like the end 
of uh, Dawn of the Dead when he tacks on like an extra movie. Yeah, in the I end didn't credits. like that, but go ahead. What he does here, though, is he almost tells a movie in the opening credits before the movie actually starts. So the whole prelude to where they are in this movie takes place over the opening credits over a slowed down version of Viva Las Vegas. It's very good. You know, Zach loves to use that slow motion, Chuck. Right. And he, he uses it a lot here again. Overall, yeah. If you like zombie movies, you're going to like this. There's plenty of gore. There's plenty of good scares. How's the really gore? Good. Tell me how the gore is. The gore is pretty graphic, and some of it looks real. Um, some of it is CGI, obviously, um, but it's very effective, and, and you like enough of the characters to get along, and the action's really, really good. Now, tell me. Now, let's talk about just quickly. Dave Batista versus Dwayne Johnson. What? What's it? I, I find I, I do like Batista, but and I know uh, yeah. he's, he's a ton of fun. Is Zach uh, is Drax? Yep. destroying guardians and, and most he has of what i've seen appeal. him in most of what i've seen him in i liked and okay. i like him in this too he's very he's not, uh, is he his charm factor versus dwayne johnson it's though. just different he's not it's first different. of all he's not as good looking so that no he's some, not some some he away does push-ups though I, he I does think, right? he, he I looks good he looks good on the big screen he yeah. acts in this movie take there are a couple off really effective did he take his shirt off in this film no he does not take his shirt off in this film okay Despite the dry heat out in Las Vegas, he kept all his clothes on. Yeah. Um, but the supporting cast around him, a lot of uh, no name actors, some recognizable, some not. And it just it bogs down with too many characters. You watch um, it on Netflix. Yeah. Are you yawning, now, let me during, my, you yawning during my review? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Let me, let, let me <laughs> what ask are you a doing over there. I'm tired. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. You know, smoothies, ice cream. It's uh, but and, and, listen, maybe and next week we'll just do a one of the ho- podcast. One of the, one of the hoses on my saucer broke. All right. Well, that's next week's topic, to people. That one. Now, let Tune me- in next week. We'll talk about hoses and, and, and ice cream. <laughs> let, let me ask a question, though. See, in all seriousness, um, I, I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Here? I don't know. Probably smoothie shop. So here's the thing. No. You're a, I'm not even a zombie fan. Yeah. And I enjoy this movie. You're a zombie fan. Oh, no. Here's my question. You can't you carve out two that- hours to watch it? You watched it on 4K, right? Yes. Did it look? Did it look too much like a soap opera? Because no. I was watching on my phone. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it has that. Your eyes bit- got to get used to it, Chuck. That's all. You yeah, haven't okay. watching 4K long. Your eyes do get used to that. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I mean, I want to. I want a movie look like a movie. Well, then go to the theaters to see it. All right. What for me? Go ahead. Um, anyway, out of uh, 10, Army of Dead. 10, I'd rec- what do you give it? I'd recommend it. It's probably a good seven out of ten. That's three star movie. Right. If you're a zombie fan, you might like it a little bit more than that. But again, the action's really good. And the real good thing about this movie, a lot of it, and what I liked about Dawn of the Dead, a lot of it takes place in the day. There's a lot of day scenes. A lot of Zack Snyder movies is dark and you can't tell what the hell's going on. Um, some stuff takes uh, place in the dark, but um, a lot of it is is really good. And the concept of being in Las Vegas, a doomed Las Vegas, reminded me a lot of the stand. He stole a lot from that. He stole from aliens. You can I see know it. I heard he, he stole a ton from aliens. Is it too much? Um, maybe. I mean, if you're you know, it doesn't really you don't see it as blatant plagiarism while you're watching homage, it. homage or rip off. No, I think it's more homage than anything, right. especially a helicopter scene at the end. You're like, well, wait a minute. This is just. I mean, this is right off the script. But any, it, it's a good movie. Is it going to is it going to set the zombie movies ahead 100 years? No, but it's good to see Zack Snyder having fun directing. And uh, he does dedicate it to his daughter at the very end, too. Um, it's definitely a lot less bleak that's cool. than his than his uh, DC comic movies. That's for sure. OK, uh, but other than that, uh, I would recommend it. And I also got a chance to see because I watch movies for a movie podcast. Uh-huh. Um, a woman in the window. Uh, really good Amy, movie. Amy Adams, Amy Adams right? really good movie. Remind me a lot of the late 80s, early 90s thriller 
um, psycho, you know, killer kind of thing is really good stuff. She's fantastic in it. Some good scares in it and a great ending um, to the film, too. I'd recommend that. Um, by the way, Army of the Dead has a tag on ending that makes you scratch your head. I mean, Zack Snyder just sometimes you want you wish he'd just stop rolling film, you know. But anyway, I digress. Um, there's two movies on Netflix that you can go and enjoy. Now it's two hours and 24 minutes too the, long. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised at the running time. Um, again, it goes back to what I just said. There's a 20 minute tag on here. Probably doesn't need to be there. Um, and, and that kind of takes away from the film. Uh, but, you know, two hours and 24 minutes is a long time for us. I think that might be the longest running zombie uh, uh, run time, I would think. Right. Outside of watching all the uh, Walking Dead films. But um, again, it, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, let me know when you do see it, what you think of it. OK. Eventually, when you get a chance to when when things slow down in the no, I will. By next week, I'll have my review. I, I you have my word on it. OK, well, I'll hold you to that. And then the next week, you'll have to talk about Quiet Place Part Two, though, too. No, I, I will. OK, and um, we'll, we'll 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 go in depth more in depth on um, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, well, I got some footnotes that I want to just disclose next week, though. Okay, thank God. Right. Um, that's quite a tease there. People just, uh, I don't know how they're going to get through the week wondering <laughs> about what happened to Wilbur. Uh, Chuck, let's talk about some movie news here. Um, I, I passed you a note uh, today uh, about Henry Cavill is going to be in the Highlander reboot in development at Lionsgate. First and foremost, why? And secondly, the the, the original movies are awful and even the originals awful. Um, but there is a fan base there. I know that the I, original I just, has a, a really f- strong following. I know, but I don't get it. I recently rewatched it. I, I don't get it. You got a lead actor. You could barely understand. He was really, in it. He, he was, he was interesting. He barely spoke that guy. What was his name? Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Christopher Lambert. The whole really time you're wondering actor. how they, how they got, you know, Sean Connery to agree to be in this movie. And uh, he did the sequel too. The only thing I, I could think of, Mike, is that Henry Cavall's agent is saying, you, you know, you got to stick with the franchises. You got to develop fran- franchise properties. And this was probably floating around as some sort of reboot. And then maybe they pitched the idea and came to a deal. It, it, it still it feels weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make um, sense to me. Doesn't make too much sense to me. Not either. really. I mean, uh, people want to. Hey, Henry. We, I mean, I know Warner Brothers and whatever, but be nice to do Man of Steel 2 and 3. No. Well, yeah, and it'd be nice. I mean, he's I like him on screen. Yeah, I, I do, too. I, I thought he was he, awesome in the last Mission Impossible. Movie. I thought so, too. He was really good. He's a villain. It. Really yeah. damn good. Um, well, let's hope his, his career continues. Chuck, I, the only other thing I saw of note was the trailer to another Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson action movie. He's really see? churning him out now. Oh, huh? my God. I mean, it was a time about a year or two ago. He says, I'm not going to do any more action movies and like. It's like it feels like Charles Bronson at the later stages has been resurrected. No, it's like his fifth one in five years. He does one every year. And this one's called The Ice Road with Lawrence Fishburne. It actually looks quite entertaining, the trailer. But I mean, between the marksman and the and the and the passenger, whatever the hell that one was called. And he makes one a cold pursuit. There's there's like a movie every every year. He's doing like three a year. It's turning out three a year coming yeah, it's, out. It's kind of crazy. Um, uh, he must. I just don't want him to fall into that. Oh, I got some. Let me Nick, ask you a question. Nick about Cage this uh, zone. You know, I just want him to be careful there because if he does too much. If, he listen, could, he's a fantastic actor. He's had a great career. He's just probably trying to, you know, pay off the mortgage. I don't know. It's very interesting how this all works. We've talked about this for the last few years. 
certain actors, it just appears just churning out this stuff over and over. Uh, their, their legacy's not what it, you know, DiCaprio, DiCaprio's IMDb page is going to be unique compared to all these other actors, yeah, no? it will. Yeah, it will. Yeah. I, I got one. Uh, the other day it was announced that the director's of Bad Boys for Life have I been signed this. to do yeah. a Batgirl movie. Now, yeah. here's, a, here's a caveat before I, I get to the what I'm going to say. It's got to be a $100 million plus movie. You have to think back a Batgirl movie, right? And then I, I mean, it's going HBO Max. They're developing it from like, HBO Max, yeah. Oh, like, it is, like, here's the thing. That movie would not be ready anyway to 2022. They have a deal at 2022 on. They're going to do you know, 45 day theatrical windows, but the theaters can't do anything about it. If they release it straight to HBO max and that's it. Um, I never thought I see the day where this would all develop this way. It, it's so interesting, Mike. Yeah, it is. And then a casting is going to be a big part of it too. Is the- I mean, when we grew up just to let the audience know, you know, we used to look for hidden treasures on a box at the video store when it was, uh, you know, um, VHS, Right. And it was a lot of low budget schlock. And, and you know, we talked about this the other, you know, a few months ago when you when you reviewed Backdraft 2. And I got a chance to watch that recently on Netflix. And that movie was about a dollar ninety eight. Right. And about a dollar ninety eight. I don't even it's not even good enough to play on a Walmart shelf. That movie's that bad. Right. Yeah. And then you got now you get these entities spending, you know, hundred million dollars plus to do streaming movies and Amazon spending a, a total investment of like four hundred and sixty five million dollars to do. Redo Lord of the Rings. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. But the production level's there. I will say that. Oh, no, it's there. I, it's I there. get it. it. It's 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 not like they're cheating you when you're watching. No, they're it. not. They're not. And that's uh, that's that's the fascinating part. That's yeah. my whole point. Is we knew you we knew we were being cheated as a kid because the only thing good about these movies was the box on the DVD cover. Yeah. yeah. And then when you watch the movie, it's like they did not live up to the box cover. And uh, you could tell Army of the Dead probably plays better in the theaters, but it plays OK at home. I, I heard I don't home. know. I'm, I'm re- first. I, I heard it was like a 90 million dollar budget. Now I'm hearing it was like a 200 million dollar budget. Like, I believe the latter. I'd be somewhere closer to the latter. There's a lot of big stuff in it. There's, that's for sure. Um, and they don't cheat with the CGI as much as you might think they do. Um, I, yeah, uh, it is the wave of the future. There's no doubt. About I, it. I, I would love to eventually know the exact breakdown of the subscriber per month. Over the course of a year, how much cash flow is taken in? How much is his actual net profit? I wonder, too, Chuck, um, if I was growing up, I couldn't wait for the next Charlton Heston movie to come out. If I lived now, like, uh, uh, you know, if he had a Nick Cage career back when we grown up, uh, would I have an overkill of too many Charlton Heston movies? And his later. Listen, his think about this. The latter half of his career, which some people say is sort of like, you know, where he fell off a slope a little. But it's still epic. I mean, Soylent Green, the Omega Man, Beyond the Beyond the uh, Planet Apes. Then he did Earthquake and Two Minute Warning and Airports Seventy Five. And yeah. he's all oh, these movies made real big money. Yeah. In theaters, Mike. I mean, I've yeah. been watching Earthquake every other day on Tubi on my sixty-five inch four K at my ice cream parlor, and I'm like, you know, Earthquake was uh, I think the fourth biggest hit of nineteen seventy-four. But the problem is he'd make those movies and then he would, you make know, I sent you a text. Other you, I sent you a text and you never answered. And I'm going to ask you on the air. What's that? When I'm watching Earthquake, you know, you when you watch it every other day, you start to say, hey, I, I never realized this. Right. Charlton Heston is a great. There's a line in the movie where Long Green says to Ava Gardner, you know, 
he's now it is when you first when you first met him, he was a struggling kid trying to uh, get through college. And then he goes, now he's his own. Now he's finally his own man. And Heston was 50 years old when he when he filmed Earthquake. So it took him to 50 years old before, you know, he's on the top of his game as an architect in Earth as Stuart Graff. That's good news for me because I'm 50 now. So Warren Green plays his father in law and he's 52 in the movie. I know it didn't 57. It didn't bother (laughs) me. Seven. No, no, no. Well, he's seven years older than Ava Ava Gardner. Gardner, Yeah. yeah. The father. That never really bothered me. I got to be honest with you. I just say I never really gave him much thought as a kid. Yeah, I still don't. Who neither cares? Do I. I mean, it doesn't matter. The movie's not about how their age difference. That's for sure. Not uh, at all. But, you know, as I was saying to you via text, when you watch Earthquake now, I really do believe that that script was the subtext of that script is is whoever wrote. Um, uh, I guess Mark Robson supposedly wrote the script. Mario Pozo wrote a first draft, but he had to have some real issues with relationships because there's some really dark undertones. And I mean, really dark with with Heston going through a serious, very, very serious midlife. Uh, It's not surface. It's much darker than I realized when you watch it multiple times. Um, I'm serious about that. I I know you are because you bring it up quite a lot. Yeah. You know, (laughs) between that and beyond the design adventure. I mean, it's as if the the boat ran into L.A. and then you got two movies combined. Imagine if Wilbur's. I'm waiting for you to better. say, imagine if Wilbur's character ran into George Kennedy in the street. What kind of conversation would they have? He would. He, uh, uh, Wilbur wouldn't have been able to swim in the earthquake. I don't know. <laughs> I still don't understand. That is the weirdest death scene of all time. Call Malden and Beyond the Beside Adventure. And swim, Wilbur. You went through all this. You went well, through upside down, uh, losing all the. I mean, and you, you and you're two gives feet up. from the t- you're two feet from the top, and you. I I I I had it. Call it a day. Hey, let me let me just not go to sleep. Let me die. I, I don't get it. Okay, let's that move was on. Weird. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. you know, let's move on to you know. I, I hate to segue into you know. We're going to get to the. We normally do fast five here. We're really going to do a fast six and talk about the careers of the six cast members of of the Friends reunion. In You're going to speak more than I am on that one. Well, let's let's talk now yeah. about uh, one of the great comedy actors of all time who really never got his due up on the big screen, but he's made about five or six just classic movies. And obviously it's Charles Grodin who passed away this past uh, week at 84. Um, look, he's iconic. No, 86, if you ever wanna, 86, 86. If you ever yeah. want to watch him at the top of his game, just sit down and go into the wormhole of him on either Johnny Carson or David Letterman. And you yes, will just watch you will watch at his genius. Now, back in the day, though, Chuck, you might remember when he was doing these appearances, there were actually I remember my mom actually thought he was an a-hole most of the time. And a lot of fans thought that this was a real thing. He was being rude to Johnny, rude to David and this and he was being portrayed the bad guy. I mean, he was that was a stick. It was, you know, it reminded me a lot of when Andy Kaufman would join, you know, let him Yeah, a little bit. Not Well, Andy Kaufman was a unique talent in, his, in itself. But, but I was yeah, just saying, I, like, I you must, you had to watch it when you knew he was going to it, be the It's guest. performance art. Yes, it is. And and it's genius if you ever want to get it. And I enjoyed his talk show. I thought, you know, MSNBC wasn't, you know, it was, it was good. It was entertaining. If you enjoyed him, you would definitely uh, got through his um, his talk show there. Um, and if you want to watch him go at it with Hannity, there's a clip of him against Hannity. There's just it, it could play today. And it happened a few years back. And it's just uh, harrowing how uh, dead on accurate he is of his uh, port of what he thinks of Hannity. It's really good stuff. But, you know, Chuck, thinking about his career, the first time I saw him, obviously the heartbreak break kid. He yeah, he's hit a long it big time with, ago with Sybil Shepard. 
First time I ever saw him, though, in, in a movie that you're very fond of is he played Fred Wilson in King Kong. Yeah, the big he promoter did. Of, He's uh, really good in that movie. He was interesting casting at the time, too. You know, he, very he interesting a, casting. Very. And and uh, he's kind of a creep in it. You know, he's not he's not a good guy, um, but, but you he don't hate him. You don't no, hate him. You like how he dies, though. You do enjoy how he dies. Here's the thing. I, I always because I was watching that with my daughter a few weeks ago before his passing on, uh, you know, my 65 inch 4K here at the ice cream parlor. And on yeah, the I just TV, want you to know, most yeah. Americans now have that size TV in their I hand. Know. I know. So when you say well, that, you're not really impressing anybody. Well, it's I'm doing my performance. Okay, sketch. performance. You know it's right? like Charles Grodin. I got you. <laughs> exactly. Got now, it. Now, here's the thing. In the TV version, okay, when Kong's foot crushes him, right? Yeah. In the theatrical version, you don't see anything but Kong's footprint. I believe in the TV version, you see his hat. You see Grodin's hat. Oh, I never noticed that. Interesting. Yeah. It is. Um, that was back in, in 1976, Chuck. And then, uh, and, you know, you by know, the way, by the way, King Kong for the first time is released a couple of weeks ago. I think Shout Factory, a Blu-ray. Oh, remastered. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I know um, there's, I have a foreign D, a Blu-ray, but there's, there's a Shout, Shout Factory U.S. domestic for the first time. He does another great performance in Heaven Can Wait in 1978, a part of an all-star cast, one of my favorite movies. Very funny, yeah. uh, playing the, uh, the, the, the opposite, Diane, opposite Diane Cannon, who's hysterical in that movie. He'd work with uh, uh, Albert Brooks in real life, which was kind of way ahead of its time, Chuck, about um, a, a film producer filming the actual real life of a family. And that's all that was. And that was an Albert Brooks movie. Um, he would star opposite of, Farrah Fawcett. I remember Sunburn. Remember with Art I do. Carney? Um, I do. That's he, interesting casting, huh? Interesting. Yeah, he almost plays like an action detective and he's really getting interesting roles. Loved him opposite of uh, Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn in Seems Like Old Times. Think he's yep. hysterical in that. He played uh, the husband of of uh, Lily Tomlin in The Incredible Shrinking Woman. I mean, these are all very watchable, very kind of big movies. They did well. Um, thought he was funny with, as the lonely guy's uh, best friend with Steve Martin. He was uh, one of the cast members of The Woman in Red with Gene Wilder. He has some funny scenes in that. Um, he would then, Chuck, be in Ishtar. Okay, but his scenes in Ishtar are actually quite funny. Same with The Couch Trip in 1988. But really, the creme de la creme comes at the end of 1988. The genius casting of Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin in Midnight Run, which is, is a, it's a pure classic, one of the top 50 best movies of all time. I think that movie, that was a cherry on his career cake. It, it yeah. like, it's sort of like, um, not to make the same comparison, because I'm, I'm going to veer into something different, but when like Connery played Malone in The yes. Untouchables, right? Yes. Like he had the, Connery was Bond and he had the big ride. And then he sort of like disappeared a little doing some bad movies. And then, you get that career resurgence, right? It's the Travolta, perfect role Pulp fiction, that career resurgence. Yep. This was Grodin's career. This is the, re this is the, the, res the respect he deserved, right? Yes. And he got it. And he got it. He got it. The critics loved it. Perfect role it. for the perfect actor. It was a big hit. Yeah, big hit. Great movie. It's really well written and great chemistry between the two. And they never, you know, it would be nice. They did a TV series with Christopher McDonald that stunk, but they never did a sequel. No, and paired these and they could have. And they could have. They sure could have because they tried to tap into that again when they cast him opposite Jim Belushi in Taking Care of Business. Kind of a misfire a couple of years later on. It had some funny moments, but they were trying to get that spark again, Chuck, of having the kind of opposite uh, that's not easy to personalities. Do. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, most families would get to know him as Beethoven's dad in 1992. And that's a big part of his legacy. Big it part is. of his legacy. Because those wanted. movies, that, that, at least the first one, made money. Yeah, and then he'd do the second one. And uh, it, it look, say what you want. His timing, his comic timing is really good. In the, you know, he's doing his thing and it works. And how funny is he in 1993 as the accountant to Dave? He fixes the love budget that movie. in America. He's very funny. That's in a, that listen, that movie is a class. In my opinion, Dave is a great script. It's a movie they don't make anymore. Kevin Klein was awesome. Groden was awesome. That movie was a Sigourney Weaver. Everything about you. If you if I went home right now, as tired as I am, and you put Dave on, I'd enjoy the hell out of that movie. It's I love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Um, he'd show up in a So I Married an Axe Murder in a small role. But another uh, movie that is very lost stars Robert Downey Jr. He's one of the dead people in Heart and Souls, Chuck. Remember the remember that uh, the movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. who he yeah. befriends four dead souls to try and fall in love with was Kira Sedgwick, right? Um, yeah. I think it was Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Charles Grodin, Alfre Woodard, uh, uh, Tom Sizemore. Very um, forgotten movie. Yeah, um, and and uh, has a lot of heart. I think that was directed by Ron Underwood, I believe, back in the day. Um, that was 1993. Uh, he would fit, follow that up with a couple of, of, of misfires, and that was Clifford opposite of Martin Short. Yeah, as a little boy, that was a very strange movie. Yeah, I know it has some people that like it, though, and think it's funny. And then he would actually star in the follow up to a Christmas story that nobody's ever seen. It runs in the family, which is basically a summer version of a Christmas story where he would play the Davin McGavin, uh, Darren McGavin part uh, later on. So, you know, he would pop up on, on a couple of TV shows like Louie um, and, and things of that nature. I know he's in that movie while we're young, which I enjoyed with with uh, Ben Stiller. But, you know. For Charles Grodin, he had a couple of highs early with a heartbreak kid, but he really that wheelhouse movie was the Duke in Midnight Run. And uh, if you haven't seen that movie, um, what are you waiting for, really? Uh, so I just wanted to pay homage to Charles uh, Grodin, who really remember the first time he was on the big screen. He was a gynecologist, I believe, for Rosemary's Baby. Um, you, uh, right. <laughs> you know, Classic so film. here's a guy that uh, really did a lot of uh, different stuff he actually even uh wrote a, a movie called movers and shakers back in the mid 80s too that hit the big screen with walter matthau and and him in it um so chuck we moved from charles Grodin, who had a very 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 good career um to say the least and then the six six actors on friends who boy there was a lot of hype when the show started and it was a lot of like all right what are we talking about tell me why we're talking about friends because this week on hbo max there's the big friends reunion on May 27th, with all the actors getting back together for the first time since the series. Oh, so you? Yeah. Okay. Now, now they never had they never had dinner together where they the series I ended. Had, they didn't, uh, they I didn't think like I saw an interview other? with Schwimmer said they had one dinner together as a group, but they've never been together all six people in in 15 years, and they've never Here's, been filmed. Chuck, this is going to be on TV. It's HBO Max. I I know they got 10 million a piece. Yeah. So yeah, it's not so an episode. I, I, Huh? It's not an episode. I of the understand show. that. And now, okay, Let, let's 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 talk about this for a second. You're excited. Um, I'll watch it. I'm not. I'll excited. watch it. I, I I could care less. But here's I, the thing: ten million a piece to to to, to uh, say hey, how you doing? What well, have you been up to after fifteen years? I tell you what, Matthew Perry is very happy about that price tag, to say the least, because we, we, we check in with us, Matt. You know he he's been going through a lot of. Uh, problems in his career. And first of all, I thought the show jumped the shark in the first place halfway through its original run. I thought it went, went on way too long. And Jennifer Aniston 
her character is one of the worst female characters ever on the history of television. Really? For a role, for a role model for a female? Yeah, I mean, just well, go- I would say I would say this. I have I, I employ a lot of young people, high school, college girls, right? In my smoothie and icing parlor. So I, I have uh, I have um, you know, my Roku and both TVs. And sometimes when I when I leave, how big is the not- TV? Well, the smoothie shop's smaller. <laughs> I think it's only a 32 inch. Oh, but here, listen, here's the thing. When I leave and I'm not doing the program, like I, 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 I come in and I, I put Twister on. I've been playing Twister a lot. They put friends 25th on. Anniversary. They'll put, here's the thing. They will put friends on a lot, which tells you how generate, how generational the show is. It's, it's unbelievably generational. Do they put the office on as well? Yes. That's yes. Yes. It's, they big, do. it's big with this generation now. Not Seinfeld, though. They don't that they don't. They They'll don't. Put I, they will put iCarly on, too. Um, interesting. Well, Chuck, yeah. let's uh, I mean, out of the six who had the uh, who do you want to start with? Would you would think would have the the least IMDb to even talk about Schwimmer? I mean, think of a Schwimmer movie. The only movie I can think of Schwimmer in is the Madagascar movies as the voice. Yeah. And I know he did a movie called a pole bearer, which people like that came out right when he was started doing the show, too. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know he was in six days, seven nights, the Harrison Ford movie as well. Oh, you're right. Um, he's got a funny thing in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He plays himself. He's got a good season there where they're Can doing he the really bo- play anything other than David Swimmer. <sighs> yeah, he's uh, I tell you what, um, you know, I know let, he's- let, go ahead. let me just say this. When I was interviewing Catherine Mary Stewart, when I had her to the theater, right? Right. Night of the Comet, Last Starfighter, Weekend at Bernie's. And uh, when I did the Q&A's for her, she, she talks about how she went on an audition for one of the roles in Friends. So I would, and obviously she didn't get it. Boy, would that have changed her life entirely. But think about how many actors they had to audition and do go through tapes and chemistry readings, yeah. you know, and it had to be, it had to take forever. I can see that taking a year. Yeah, but right? I will give them. I'll, I will give the casting and the writing credit. That, sure, that, all six not? of them were very well cast in the role, and the one that really only that had probably the best background was Courtney Cox at the time. Right, was, I mean, first time Courtney Cox with the Bruce Springsteen video, right? Right, and then she was on Family Ties for a couple. And then she did Cocoon too. Yep, yep, right, yep. So you know, Schwimmer. I mean, he's got his new show on. He's she on. She did Peacock. do Family Ties. I, I I forgot about that. Yeah, um, he, uh, Alex P. Keaton's uh, psychiatrist teacher uh, student girlfriend um yeah so schwimmer i mean he, he's he's still relatively young he's only you know 55 years old uh mm-hmm. and i know he's done a lot of work behind the scenes but his on the cam on camera is not much and i would no, say i he, mean they don't need to work though let's just no they, they don't, don't need to. they make i mean they're still making multi-millions of dollars per year off that syndication deal i would say the two stars that probably got the best lines on that show was you know jennifer aniston and then matt leblanc they really catered a lot of the writing uh, for and, him on and that they should have because yeah. he actually was i think the pure funniest and then you think about it they spun off joey right after it. they tried to keep it going with him on yeah, it because they knew they had something there do. He but he's got it he got a lot of uh, critical praise for episodes that 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 season. Uh, he did five seasons or six seasons, I think, of that. Uh, I think it was a Showtime show um, that did really well. Uh, but let's face it, on the big screen, I know he's got a cameo kind of in Charlie's Angels. He plays Lucy Lou's boyfriend yeah. um, in both of them. He was in that monkey who's a oh, baseball Ed. player. Ed. Ed. Oh, boy, that was... Uh... I guess the highest profile movie he ever got was Lost in Space. You know, this, and which was really against type because they made him sort of like an action hero. They did. And he actually was fine in it, though. 
Yeah, the movie's a bit fine. of a misfire. Yeah, kind it of, is a misfire. It, it has some decent stuff, but it is a it is a misfire. It's got Gary. It's, the, it's got it's, Gary Ullman it, and William Hurt, and you right, think and, it's, he, and Heather Graham, Heather Graham, Heather Graham too. Mimi it's Rogers, a good, cast. I mean, it's a good cast, uh, good cast. Um, and, but you know, we're interesting to see where Matt LeBlanc goes after this too. He's let his hair gray out too, so he looks a little more yeah. mature. Yeah. I think Lisa Kudrow's done some good work on the big yeah, screen, which I'm not surprised because. I would say I don't know how she was cast, but I have a feeling they knew she was probably she was a sure bet. I, I have a feeling going in, they felt she was a sure bet because she's more classic. She must be more classically trained comedically. Yeah, uh, I would, and, and she had a lot, a lot of credits in her background before the show. Remember, she was on uh, Mad About You too, and she actually right. crossed over it a couple of times. But she had a couple of, you know, she's very good in Analyze This. She Very plays the, the, the fiance for Billy Crystal. Very funny in that. Um, yeah. And the one she did with uh, Mira uh, uh, Sorvino, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. It's a very funny movie. That movie actually made some money. It's got a cult following as well. So she has had some success on the big screen. Nothing over the top, um, but, you know, uh, you got to give her some credit. Uh, for, yeah, for I, I she, would. For what she's done on the big screen. Um Although, you know, and she had a was that she had a TV series, too, that was huge. The, the comeback. Right. I think that might have been a, a, a Showtime or an HBO series that done that has done really well. And she plays the mom in Booksmart, which I got a chance to see a few months back. That's a raunchy uh, kind of like a girl's super bad movie. She plays the mom in it. Will Forte is the dad. Um, Matthew Perry, Chuck. You know, here's a guy I thought would be a huge. I like star. him. He's likeable. I like him. He's very funny. He's very. I, I like sarcastic. the movie he did with uh, with uh, Zach Efron, the body switching movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're a big. Fan. I'm a huge fan of the. movie. I enjoyed he did. that. I like the one he did with Salma Hayek as well. I thought that was done really well. Um, Fools Rush In, where he he yeah. he he, he uh, falls in love with a pregnant Salma Hayek, and yeah. you know, after that, I don't know. They made a sequel of it. I don't think it's very funny, but it did make some money. The whole nine yards. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get that film. I don't get it either. And I don't get how they got the cast together. I mean, did anybody was anybody hankering for the next whole nine yards movie? I don't think they were. Uh, he did team up with Chris Farley and almost heroes. One of Harley's last movies. Um, he's done right. some bad movies, too. He's in two, yeah. three to tango. Um, he's he, and then. And maybe the biggest misfire later on, he would do he had a couple of series, but then he would pop up on the odd couple reboot, Chuck. And, you know, it it, it was cast. Well, yeah, it's not his fault. But here's um, the thing. The odd couple like certain things are more, I think, product of their time. Yeah, I just I don't know if it really works now. Yeah, it's Oscar been done Madison, so many. It's been done so many times. The characters themselves just don't play like now. I mean, although Thomas Lennon was really good as he was Felix, really good, he was yeah. really well cast. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting. That he's had a lot of substance abuse problems, Matthew Perry, a lot of drinking. Um, it, it'd be nice to see him get his uh, his um, you know, career back on track. He hasn't done sure. anything in a while. He played Ted Kennedy in the Kennedys after Camelot. That was almost five years ago. Yeah, that was the last time he was on the big screen. So let's hope for the best there. And then the two big, biggest stars probably on the big screen are the two female leads, Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston. Now, Courtney Cox owes a lot of her big screen success to basically scream. Um, and she, but she's really good in those films. Gail I Weathers. Think. She's very she's really good. good. In, yeah. yeah. Um, all three, all four of them, actually. Outside of that, I know she played um, Adam Sandler's wife in The Longest Yard. She's in it a little bit. And yeah. 3,000 Miles to Graceland is an absolute trash heap of That's a movie. That's a bad movie. That's a really bad movie. Uh, she, she I, You know, Cougar Town was good the first year or two, and then it kind of just ran 
its course and ran off the screen. And then after that, let me ask you a question. I hate talking about this, but, but I will. I mean, she's had she's had some work done. She on her has. Face. I will say and I don't like it. I don't either. But I will yeah. say that the the uh, promos I've seen for this upcoming special it looks she good. looks a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. OK, good. Um, and a lot of geeks out there might remember her. We were talking I think about she's good. I think she was good on Cougar Land. Cougar Town. Yeah, she's very Cougar good. Town. She's I very she was funny. good. Um, that one from network to TBS, by the way. Yeah, it did. Um, and remember back in the day, we were talking about cocoon and return and family yeah. ties. She was in that movie masters of the universe. If geeks. Yeah, out there from yeah, I remember that. I mean, listen, when she, when she was in early show, she was super cute and uh, likable. I mean, Franklin, and it translated and it translated in, on friends. I mean, I mean, she, she's got a good screen presence. She's very likable. And, uh, and she did really good work on Friends. Yeah, she's she did really good work pretty much all across the board and even Family yeah. Ties, too. Um, yeah, agree. Last but not least is Jennifer Aniston, Chuck. Now, infamously, she is in the Leprechaun movie before Nose Job and before the show even starts. So yeah. if you really want to go back and watch the first Leprechaun horror movie, that is Jennifer Aniston in that film. And when you watch that, you, you might not say that she emerges as a megastar. But no, you, know, and- you can say that about a lot of people. And she had problems getting out of the gate with her post friends career, too. She, you know, she did that movie Picture Perfect till there was you, the object of my affection. They're trying to get her to be Julia Roberts. Yeah, she's the one um, with the the Ed Burns movie. Nothing's clicking, Chuck. Nothing's clicking at all um, until Office Space comes up. And then it's like, wait a minute. She's got some comic timing here. And that's a very funny movie. Um, and a cult classic for a lot of people with Mike Judge writing and directing it, Ron Livingston and, and the cast there. Uh, Office Space is a huge cult classic. And then she starts getting good roles like Rockstar, um, The Good Girl. She got a lot of critical praise. Yeah, and yeah. then she gets cast opposite Jim Carrey and probably her biggest break in Bruce Almighty, Chuck. That's a big hit. And that always helps. It does. Um, funny and along came Polly as and well. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. She's she she's aged incredibly. She has. Right. She I has. mean, she's aged incredibly. If we were doing this. Traditionally, what, how old is she now? 52? 51, uh, 50. 50. She's 51. She's 52. Actually, she just she, turned 52. Yeah, she looks great. She does. She could pass for much younger. If we were doing this a traditional fast five and I said Jennifer Aniston. Oh what boy. would you say? I don't know. I'm out, for me. It's it's easy. It's Marley and me. Big hit, too. Yeah, big hit there. Um, I like she's and done her some- personality is, is fitted to play off Owen Wilson in that movie. It is. It's perfect. But Chuck, let's face it. She's made some crap, too. Like, of course, they all have every rumor has it. The yeah. breakup. Yeah. Friends yeah. with money management. He's just not on into you. The bounty hunter, Gerard Butler. Yeah. Curses your, your boy. Oh, my God. Um, and then just go with it. Um, just, you know, look, I love Adam Sandler, but here's a guy who writes a script, says, I'm going to I'm going to put the setting in Hawaii. Got big, she got I'm going to have Jennifer Aniston and yeah. Jennifer Aniston and Brooklyn Decker fight over me. That's my movie. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Who's going to give me money? And they give him money and he makes that movie. Yeah, um, I will say. Uh, last but not least, before we end up, the morning show is very good. She got a lot of critical praise for it. It's a very good Apple Plus TV series with her and uh, Steve Carell. Check it out if you haven't seen it. But I really enjoy her in a movie that's very funny and it's schlock. It's uh, raunchy, but it's extremely funny. And that's where the Millers. Yeah, it's, her, good. it's funny. That's a funny, funny. Yeah, I movie. agree. 
the it, young it boys plays a the, lot on cable when you change the channels and, and it, that movie works. I mean, Will great. Poulter, who plays the young kid in this, has some funny, funny stuff. Let um, me ask and, you a question. How long is this HBO Max Friends special? How is it 90 minutes or two that's hours? That's a good question. I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I You think for 10 million, you get two hours out of them, right? Let me ask you a question. Since they have only had one dinner in the last 15 years, is this going to be as captivating as Bill Parcells sitting down with uh, Bill Belichick <laughs> on that uh, uh, ESPN uh, 3030? That actually is pretty damn good. Yeah, they, if you're a sports fan and you know anything about Bill Belichick and and, uh, and Parcells, I, that's that's some tense TV, no? Is that? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it, that. It was good. I mean, you're really digging into the Now, vault. do you think they've done too many 3030s ESPN? Too uh, many? I don't know. It's, They're I think all that's, good. Yeah, I think that's the only thing on their uh, ESPN plus that for programming. So they kind of have to do it. Okay. Um, so overall, we're not it must see TV here with uh, uh, it's not like Thursday night at eight o'clock. I think they're going to get some subscribership for HBO Max. And listen, they're building a library. And that's what it, that's what it's about. It's costing them an absolute fortune. I mean, 10 months reported 10 million per cast member to sit down for 90 minute taping. Holy well, also cow, too, that's pretty good. They did. A, they did get a lot of people to, to guest star on it as well. You, Tom Selleck. No, 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 they on did. It. And he, uh, he was a, he was a, he was a part of 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 uh, of the of the show. Reese Witherspoon, part of the show. Uh, you know, Elliot Gould's going to be on it. Obviously, he plays this. The dad, Justin Bieber. Where, where did he come from? I don't know, but they left Paul Rudd out and he was had a huge yeah. part of the show at the yeah. at the very end. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Why not I don't, invite him? Was Kit Harrington on the show? Because I don't remember him on the show. I just thought he was on Game of Thrones and then that's it. He's yeah. he was on Friends. I don't or am know. I missing out on something here? Probably missing. I don't think he was. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to say, nonetheless. Uh, but here's the thing. Now, think about Friends went off the air when? 15 years ago? 2004. Okay. Now, when, when I remember a couple of years ago when their deal, the syndication deal ran out, the thing was as hot as ever. They just shopped it around to another en- entity and got the same big, big money. I mean, huge money. Like, what other? Now, if, if Cheers, I mean, Cheers was a great show, right? Right. And it, it probably plays pretty well in syndication, but not like Friends. I think it's a little. No, it doesn't. I think the only other show Seinfeld would get a, a huge paycheck to get back together with everybody. Now, he did no, it. No, on no, per- I know. I agree. But I'm talking about the syndication deal right now. If you had a cut, if, let's say you. you oh, yeah. Let, I don't know. Let, yeah. Let's say you did the, the, the clean slate and you wiped away every deal right now and you had to renew syndication deals. Friends is is still a massively hot property. Well, the biggest, hottest product is the office. The office would get a ton. I mean, that's the one that wow. people are still watching today, rewatching it. New kids are watching. What, what about what about good times? No, no, no. Welcome back, Cotter. No, I love me because I, I just want to say for this, for the record, I, I love me some good times. Uh, it was a good show. It was uh, this is a show they don't make. And what I text you this week, I, I saw a promo for the Connors season finale. Yeah, I didn't even know they had a season of that show. Oh, this okay. year, Chuck. No, Network do. television. And they is renewed dead. it for next year. It's dead, Chuck. Network television. It's absolutely dead. What night is that on Connors? I think it's on Tuesday. You think? Do you uh, know yeah. what time? I, I- I, if I had a if I had to flip a coin, I would say my my coin would come up on Tuesday. Now, here's, I, here's I think it's ne- eight o'clock. My next I question think. is, when was Roseanne on? I was never a big fan. Tuesdays is at it, nine. OK, let me say something about Roseanne. I understand the connection people had to it. I never thought it was funny. No, see, it, it might have worked on a different level. I just never thought it was funny. Well, 
It's interesting. But, but, I, but sitcoms can work on different levels. They don't sure. always have to be There was funny plenty of sitcoms do. I never got that were very successful. Right. And they don't yeah. always have to be funny to be effective because social chem- commentary and sitcoms could go a long way. I Love Lucy is not funny. But as we said a few weeks ago when we were talking about um, All in the Family, when you have an episode where Edith is in a house with a rapist, and you can only belly laugh and be fearful. Yeah. That's great writing. Yeah. I mean, that is just that when I think about how they did that, they would never touch that today. No. That was incredible. No, they, and, and you know, I'll end on this note because you remind yeah. me of very special episodes of TV shows um, with that subject matter there. Matthew Perry did play uh, Tracy Gold's boyfriend on a very special Growing Pains episode where he dies in a car crash from drunk wow. driving i don't know I if don't, you remember okay. that i don't know so we'll, i do we'll I, remember, I remember i of course i remember it i don't remember that episode though well you know that we'll end on that note um unless you want to talk about a very special episode of blossom or something that you watched um you want to wrap things up here you think blossom would have a reunion show and you'd be there with uh ted was probably not and Joey Lawrence, there's there's five, four people that could use. They are going to do redo, redo, uh, reboot, re, not reboot. They're going to bring back who's the boss, right? Yeah, we they talked are. about that. Yeah, they are. Well, anyway, enjoy the Friends reunion for what it's worth or for whatever it is. Um, it should be a lot of fun, I guess. Uh, Chuck, we'll do this again next week. It'll be Memorial Day weekend. That's it's a finally good, here. That's a, it is. That's a good weekend that, for smoothie shots with ice cream parlors. I, I agree. I'm, I'm gearing up. I'm ready. I'll watch the entirety of Army of the Dead. I'll, I'll talk about it. Okay. And, uh, I had a good time. Sounds like it. You're going to yawn again before we go, or are we good? No, now? I'm, I'm all good. I, I, you got me through this one, and uh, it's, it was a pleasure. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.